just to launch this conversation. This is our playground. They have spontaneous conversations. They don't plan this. I mean, there's actually something sort of spiritual about that. What's he do? He's a human being. (laughs) Yeah, I'm a sexist feminist. We should be friends. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen around the world, kindred spirits, brothers and sisters. (laughs) Brothers and sisters. We're in a very interesting mood tonight. We're going to see what comes out of our mouths. It's spring, people! (laughs) Oh my God, somebody has spring fever. So welcome to the Robin Kelly Show. Is that the name of our show? The latest edition of the Robin Kelly Show. The spring edition. The spring edition, and it is... Really, really hot outside, and I'm a little cranky about it because I don't do well in this heat. So I'm, I'm just being, just kind of cooling it on down a little bit. There you go. How are you doing, Robbie? I'm good. I'm good. What's up, Callie Alpert? <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm back from Portlandia. I'm happy to look at you in the eye across the studio as yes. opposed to being in my rental car on the phone. It's much nicer to be here with you guys. Yeah, it's good to have you here. And tonight we're going to talk about, did you want to start with the quote or you want to bring that in later? Yeah, so it was my birthday. Which, which I didn't wish you a happy birthday on the air last week. I think I forgot. I'm sorry for that. It's all right. I got so many birthdays. Thank you to everybody who wished me a happy birthday. And I just want to mark the year anniversary that we recorded yes. our very first episode was on my birthday. That was the first time we did it last year was our first episode. So Callie gave me a book before the show uh, for my birthday, and it's called "You Are Doing a Freaking Great <laughs> Job" and other reminders of your awesomeness. So tonight, ooh, this is interesting. Did you just Callie. randomly pick one. So I, I'm going to try and pick one when I feel inspired during the show. Um, in the middle of difficulty lies opportunity. That is so deep. I've never heard that before. There you go. <laughs> and that's a show. Thanks for listening, everybody. If you want to call in tonight. No, no. Yes. Yeah, actually, if you do want to call in tonight, the number is 877-480-4120. So tonight we're going, I don't know if I can even say this with a straight face because we've already been giggling about it. Um, but we're going to be talking about confrontation. And, you know, before we get into how what, what our muse was for confrontation this week, you know, I was thinking just about the word. And while I didn't look it up, as we sometimes do, mm-hmm. it's it has a sense of aggression to it. And it often has a sense of combativeness or, you know, two people having a spontaneous, um, uneasy row with each other. Right. Yeah. But I think um, confrontation speaks to when you face things, yeah. whether you're facing it with somebody else whether someone else is taking it on with you mm-hmm. or what we'll hope to um, talk a little, little bit about later, which is facing yourself. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think about this way. <laughs> I can't even look at you. You're confronting your <laughs> demons as we speak. I am. I think we always confront our demons when we're on the sh- On some level we, we do because we, we personalize it so much. Right. That's right. Yeah. So what do you think about the word confrontation? Well, I think that confrontation, it's funny because I was thinking about how I have all these different parts to me. I have a lot of different sides and I have this warrior spirit. I have this warrior side of me that really likes a battle, likes a good fight. And um, I think that's why I like negotiating so much in sales. And like I like debates sometimes. I just like a good fight, you know. I'll keep that in mind. Yeah. Thanks for the warning. Yeah. Well, and even when I go to the gym and boxing, like I just yeah. like it. And then there's another side of me that's a peacemaker and gets upset with fights and gets upset with, um, <clears throat> I guess, combative confrontation where you get into a really messy argument. Yeah. And, you know, I don't feel good about that. So there are different sides to this whole conversation, I think, because 
I think the best thing is to n- not ignore the pink elephant in the room. Right. Usually I've found the best thing to do is to talk about whatever the problem is, as hard as it may be to confront somebody to have that tough talk. I think a lot of times, though, it depends on the motive and where I'm coming from and why am I bringing this up? Am I, you know, and I'm not talking about confronting everybody all the time about everything. Right. It's a pick and choose your battle sort of situation. Exactly. And I think there are times where sometimes with friends, like just recently, where I'll see I'm getting disappointed a little or maybe they blew me off about something or forgot something. And I've learned in life not to get into a fight or a confrontation about it all the time because I grew up with a lot of fighting. Yeah. I mean, I grew up in a household where yelling, screaming, and crying were the norm. I mean, that happened a lot. And we used to have these really messy arguments and fights. And it wasn't the kind of thing where we were trying to be constructive or right. any of us in the household knew how to do that. You know, I think we've learned how to do it better. But in general, I've had to learn as an adult how to do that, yep. to be constructive with confronting somebody and to try and do that with the idea or the intention that I'm trying to improve the relationship, not destroy it. Yeah. I um, also uh, grew up in a, in a home where I did not learn the language or didn't learn how to find my words when it came to expressing um, just things that were a little bit more challenging or difficult where I found like I had, you know, had a, where I learned to have a safe place for that. And so I too had to learn it. And it really came from a very um, tumultuous relationship that I was in when I finally got into therapy. But before that, I was, you know, anytime this person, my boyfriend at the time would take um, issue with me or bring something up, you know, I got very defensive about it. It also wasn't a healthy situation. So it was, you know, took two of us to tango on that. But it wasn't until I got to a place easily well into my 30s where I worked really hard to get so comfortable in my own skin and so self-possessed that it you know it was harder for people to poke holes in me yeah and it was um you know and it became easier to be able to um hear people take issue with me it's still a challenge for me to take issue with other people Mm -hmm. and it really depends on who it is we've talked about this before and you and I have had our things but you know for me it's really become the barometer of my relationships if I can walk through something with someone and still feel like we're both going to be there on the other side and we're safe for it to get ugly. Yeah. That to me is a measure of a relationship. Yep. Yep. And when it doesn't happen, I've lost some people really dear to me over it. And it's not like I'm sitting there deciding, you know, this is going to work and this isn't. It's not that much of a judgment, but naturally what's happened when I think about thinking two friends very near and dear to me from my past um, where my intention in expressing something that was really felt kind of innocuous. I just felt like I needed to get it out just to keep things clean because for me that's my incentive for taking things on. Yeah. Um, it's because I either need to clean the space between the two of us or selfishly I need to, you know, button things up in my own mind and heart. Yeah. Um, but in both of these situations, these um, people didn't, it, it, it triggered a real, as an old friend of mine would call it, a splatter effect, where I might have, I'm thinking of one person in particular, where I expressed to him that I felt like there was a disequilibrium in our relationship and that I wasn't seeing, you know, I wanted to spend more time with him. That was really my intention. And it turned into eight pages of emails assassinating my character and picking apart things that had nothing to do with what I said, I understand I triggered him and he was in a tricky place in his life, Mm. but that doesn't justify that. And that made me not feel safe. And we haven't been friends since. And that was the second time it had happened in the course of a bunch of years. So I think it really is a measure 
of when you have the fertile space to really have what I consider to be a real relationship. Yeah. You know? Well, and you took a chance. And I think any time that hard. we confront somebody, yeah, especially someone that we're very close to or, you know, we really care about, we're taking a chance to confront them and to talk about hurt feelings or disappointments or maybe something that's come up in the relationship. And I think... I think, you know, it's kind of like that quote, like during the tough times, it is an opportunity for growth to get closer, experience something new. And I think we really see who we are and who the other people are during those tough times. Um, I was thinking about just a couple of weeks ago, I had to confront a friend of mine and um, this is a very close friend of mine. And do you want to name this person? No, I'm nah. just <laughs> so, uh, yeah, no, I can do that. So anyway, he listens to the show though. What's up, dude? Anyway. Um, and, um, there were just a couple of times where I left messages. He didn't call me back or, um, oh, I know I was talking to him one night and I was in a really tough place and I really needed to talk to him. And his girlfriend came over and he said, he called me back the next day and he didn't. Mm. I was like, Oh dude, you know? And so that happened, and then we, we made plans for a road trip, and he completely blew it off and forgot about it. And I knew it wasn't a thing where he didn't want to be friends anymore, that kind of thing. I've known this guy since I was a kid. And, um, and so what happened was I started to see a pattern happen, and that's usually when I'm, I think about confronting people, yeah. whether it's talking to them through an email or something. If I see a pattern of behavior that's not working for me, then I'm usually like, all right, I need to say something. And so I just called him and I said, this is what happened and not sure what's going on with you. And I had hurt feelings. And he just responded like I thought he would. He said, hey, you're totally right. I'm sorry. You know, I'll try and be a better friend, you know, and that was it. And lately he's been that way and and it's great. And I think that's a good example of taking a chance to confront somebody. And to me, it's so important, Callie, and it's so important, everybody listening, that when somebody responds to me like that, instead of defending themselves or attacking me like your friend did, if they can just say, you know what, you're right, I'm a human being, I made a mistake, I'm sorry, that's all I really need, you know, or it, this meaningful. is really hard. For, to, this is really hard to hear and it's making me uncomfortable, but let me sit with it. Yeah. Something that just acknowledges for three seconds just yeah. to make some space. I didn't mean to interrupt you. So. No, no, no. I was yeah. getting to the end of my point. Um, but I, that's a really interesting point you bring up, too, which is when when do you what what battles do you pick? Yeah. I hate to even use that word. But there are times where I've admittedly made a mistake where, with people that I wasn't close enough with. Mm-hmm. But I still felt intuitively like it was time to say something. Maybe somebody who was sort of a friend slash work associate. We weren't active friends, but we definitely had a deep connection when we were together. Yeah. And some a lot of people in common. Yeah. And there was a, uh, a whole series of events that ultimately after a year just added up to me wanting to say something and it did not go well and I still question myself as ultimately about a year later she actually wrote me a letter of apology and acknowledged the way she'd reacted but also it was on me to sort of you know look back and think about whether it was appropriate if the relationship warranted it or not was there enough weight and did it matter enough to me or was that more ego where you want to be right and so you want to make a point I think it's important like you said to really check your intention and make sure it's coming from a heartfelt place and not like an ego place yeah well and I think anytime (coughs) that um, I have a client or a friend or if I'm going into a tough conversation I have to have I always tell people just talk from the heart like people have trouble arguing with you when you're just talking from your heart or coming from a place of love and I just want to actually 
put an addendum to what I just said. It's nice to get the apology. And sometimes you do need a little yeah. more information like, well, what happened? And how come you didn't do that? And we did make these plans. And did you decide you want to do it? Like sometimes you just need clarity. And it's not like you have to have an hour long conversation about it. But if you have a relationship with somebody who is able to have that conversation with you and not go into fight or flight, that is a good person in your life. Yeah, it's true. It's such a gift. And I always, I would say most 90% of the time, if that goes well, I end up crying because I'm just so, because it's not something, it's still, there's still a deep part of me that's not used to it going that way. Yeah. You know, so that's always such a gift. Yeah. It really is. I get the same way. I get the same. It's so touching to me that somebody does not criticize me for expressing myself. And I think it's so important to practice that whether we're expressing ourselves just for the exercise of it, it doesn't even matter how the person reacts to it. I just want to say it hurt feelings. That's really important. So before we go to break, um, I'd like to invite anybody to give us a call if you want to join the conversation. Share your stories about confrontation. 877-480-4120. And you know, Callie, on this show we talk <laughs> tell about... Tell me, tell me. On this show we talk about self-improvement. <laughs> You know, and there are other kind of improvements in life. Like, wow. how, about, how about home improvements? All right. <laughs> I want to welcome our new sponsor to the show, Gibraltar yeah. Home Improvements. Since 1979, Gibraltar has been serving the five boroughs of New York and Nassau County. They do incredible work, really, for any of your home remodeling needs, such as interior work on kitchens, bathrooms, basements, new flooring, painting. And they also do exterior work for roofing, masonry siding windows whatever it is they can help you with it they're great guys licensed insured bonded they have an a plus rating from the better business bureau so when it comes to your home and you want to alter don't forget to call gibraltar their website is www.gibraltarhi.com that's g-i-b-r-a-l-t-a-r-h-i.com with that we're going to be right back Welcome back, everybody, to the Robin Kelly Show. I just want to say, with the, that beautiful um, story that you gave uh, about our sponsor, yeah. it was very sort of Howard Stern early days, Mark Marin. It's what we're aspiring to. You yeah, know, we look to our all these big fancy sponsors that are waiting for us when our show gets bigger. That's so right. You're manifesting, so thank you for that. That's right, and thank no. you to our sponsor. Yes, thank you, Gibraltar Home Improvement. Yeah, we're going to give them like lots of mentions tonight. Absolutely. So we're talking about confrontation, um, the idea of confronting other people, facing whatever it is that's uh, sort of the elephant in the room that you need to kind of clear your space. We're talking about being on the receiving end of confrontation, which can certainly be equally, if not more, challenging depending on who you are and. Um, what your comfort level is. Yeah. You know, I have, um, I think of examples that take us out of sort of the safe space of loved ones in your life and into the professional, like the workplace, where you still have to face everybody every day, but you're not necessarily in love and you're not necessarily friends. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've had a good amount of that where I still don't know what wisdom I can even impart. I'm still processing it. Yeah. But I think about um, when I've had really unruly employees and I've taken different tacks like, Um, being really gentle and more of a friend and then being a little bit more definitive and firm. And two examples that still are very, um, very alive in my mind, neither of which went well. You know, how do you command respect from people um, if they don't choose to act that way? 
You know, it's very tricky. And if you're not speaking the same language, colleagues as well, Hmm. you know, if they're made really differently and, you know, it's not like me calling you up and telling you I have a problem with you. Hmm. um, Which happens all the time. (laughs) Every day. Yeah, right. (laughs) Um, I know. I feel like we're talking as if we're constantly taking issue with the whole universe all the time. Um, Yes, we're sensitive human beings. So we notice a lot, but it doesn't mean we're taking on everything. Here's the good news, y'all. We're laughing about it. Whereas (laughs) 10 years ago, we weren't laughing about it. Yeah, maybe. That's true. So, um, yeah, I just I I think it's really important in those situations to just know what your own voice is, because you're not necessarily going to have a safe place to have it received. And then it just becomes about a one sided experience so that you can get it out of your system and support yourself. Yeah. Um, And at the same time, it might stop there. It might not be something where the other person's penetrable or really receives what you say or anything changes. Yeah. You know, that's another kind that's it's difficult because there's no resolve necessarily you know Mm -hmm. well and thinking of my own work history i've talked about this on the show before but when i was in my 20s i was really combative at work and i didn't know how to channel like any of that youthful energy and so i would get into fights all the time and confront everybody about everything i mean i was just i was like the angry young man you know and so i had to learn how to there's an art to it you know and like you said there's a timing to it um, so, and at work, especially cause there are other things. And isn't it funny how at work, it's almost like you transfer all that family stuff to people you work oh with because you're, you're there all the time with them, maybe more than your own family. Oh my gosh. And sometimes I even, um, a job that I had, um, several years ago that was shared with a group of people in the same office, a large space, but, to me, everyone was an archetype of um, something. It was it was six women, and everybody had a very strong, distinctive personality. Hmm. And I thought we were all archetypes. I remember talking to my boss about it once, like years later. You know, where yeah. you feel you really do. You bring your own stuff, and then it's just another group of people that you didn't necessarily choose. Yeah, and it all gets projected into there. So it's nice to when you feel some sort of need for confrontation, or someone's confronting you. It's also really good again to trace it back to what the real source of that yeah. trigger is because it's not always about that person or that situation yeah they're just uh, bringing it up yeah and we're usually transferring like mommy daddy yeah. issues like you know you right think? into the workplace yeah you think? i kind of think that's what it's about but you know also i always think it's easier to be giving you know to con- when you're confronting somebody to say yeah this really hurt me but to hear that from somebody else like you said to be on the receiving end of it sometimes when somebody starts that type of conversation with me i brace myself a little on the inside and then once that initial hurt or whatever happens hearing that then i'm like i'm glad they're telling me this they're being honest with me they want us to be closer closer and let me make use of this information to grow and if you know we're talking about self-growth on the show talking about being better souls better people part of that is that sometimes it's not comfortable or it is it's not comfortable or it hurts and i think that's part of growth you know it's like sometimes pain you know no pain no gain so sometimes yeah it does hurt a little it is you know an a a tough conversation, but it's worth it. It's not like these are useless exercises in just trying to be difficult with people. Whenever I confront somebody, usually I'm not talking about all the time because I'm human, but whenever I constructively try and confront someone, I'm doing it because I really care about them and I'd like us to be close. Now, what if they don't respond well? Right. What if they don't even want to have that conversation, which has happened to me? Well, then it says a lot about the relationship. And it's so hard. That's such a rude awakening. It's happened plenty of times, I think, to both of us. And it can be so disappointing and a little bit heartbreaking because you really feel like 
there's something there, but if you can't, yeah, it is, it, it is all in the name. I think when you're made like we are, and I don't want to talk for you, but I think mm. I can in this situation, Yeah. Um, that when you're made, you know, in a way where you really care about the value and the honor of your relationships yeah. in a, you know, to keep everything really clean most of the time, Yeah. it does require that you keep this, you know, that you, that you bring the stuff up. And well, so if somebody's not willing to receive it, it, yeah, it is sort of a little bit of a, it's, it's a surprise. I think sometimes for me it is yeah it's like a rosy colored glasses come off moment right or it's more information maybe it's <clears throat> right. more information about the person right. that That's you true. didn't know right or maybe you didn't realize that was going on you're like oh yeah they're not really that invested in this relationship or or maybe they are one of those people it's like I don't like confrontation you, you hear people like that because I, I, everyone does right yeah <laughs> so it's like yeah but maybe they just can't handle that they don't yeah. have the ability right. to be in that kind of conversation right. it's like all right, well, then we're just going to have a very superficial kind of relationship. Yeah. You know, and I've tried that, too, with um, a, a friend of mine, actually, who um, we had also kind of two rounds of a similar dynamic a bunch of years apart. And somebody that I really, really loved, really close girlfriend. Mm. I still miss sometimes. I still mm. think about. Um, and now I just totally lost my train. <laughs> I just totally lost. I'm having a senior moment. That's okay. The I heat's would... getting to me. Um, I totally, I just completely lost it. I was talking about, we're just going to have a superficial relationship oh, yeah. if you can't Thank have you. a conversation. Yeah. Like that. yeah. So, you know, after the first time it happened and then I, you know, went out to therapy about it. I think she might've even seen my therapist for, um, at one point or something. Yeah. And that's what I thought. All right. Then I just have to scale it back and sort of simplify it. But I couldn't, it was very hard to do that, especially when you have to sort of rewind and go backwards after you've already had a certain amount of, of depth with somebody. Yeah. You know, I know that didn't go very well. I tried. Hmm. Well, at least you made the effort. I also think there's, I admire people that confront people instead of gossiping about them. Yes. Because I think gossip is such a cowardly thing. It's just, to me, it's like, you know, have some guts. Like, say something to the person. Or if someone's having trouble, you know, saying it face to face, I'll say to them, have you talked to them about it? No. Well, communication's like the most important thing about any relationship. Why don't you say something to them? And then a lot of times, especially in life coaching, my job is to help people to get the courage to say something, whatever it is. Yeah, that's nicely. You're right. That's really, really nicely said. I think it's so important to, you know, just to really think about everybody involved. You mm-hmm. know, it really is. Now, you wanted to bring up another point about confronting yourself right that a lot of these situations yeah or any kind of situations that rolled that were doled out in life mm-hmm. often can just be a great mirror for us to really look at our own stuff yeah right or, or sometimes the biggest <laughs> confrontation is ourselves facing right. our own demons and i want to bring up matt harvey who's uh the ace of the staff of the Mets. I'm a big Mets fan and he has been a very successful pitcher in his young career. And this guy's like, you know, one of the best pitchers in the league for a couple of years and he's having a really tough season and he's not doing well. And every day the media wants to talk to him about it. And every day he's got to face these demons that are intimidating him right now in his own career because he's not pitching well and he doesn't really know why. And he's trying to make the adjustments to get back to where he used to be or get even better. And I just look at him and I'm like, we're really seeing his character right now, how he handles this, Mm. because he's got to confront himself. Mm -hmm. And it reminded me times when I've been in pain with myself or going through a tough time or having to look at things that I wasn't doing well or mistakes I was making in life that I needed to grow through and get better on. And it wasn't easy, but it's so important. And again, there was so much value to it because eventually I grew to the other side and I'm a better person for it. 
Yeah, it's sort of that you used to always use the, this expression, the dark night of the soul moments. Yeah. Like any moments where we're in some really difficult place in life, whether it's a situation or prompted by a person or we're just in our own dark place. Yeah. And, you know, it's really, really important. It's so uncomfortable, but what an opportunity to really look at things from a really honest, truthful place. I try to do that every time I'm suffering or struggling with something. Mm. You know, once I get through the initial, this person did this to me or this went awry or whatever, and just mm. sort of sit with what's underneath it mm-hmm. and how I can get more real with myself or some way that I need to grow or something that I did that wasn't so cool. Yeah. It is so valuable. Yeah. Um, but I think you just have to sit with it. Yeah. You know? Well, and there are two things that I confront myself on, I think on a daily basis. One is when I'm judging people, I'm like, Oh, there's the judge. You know, I got this judge in me who's judging everybody all the time. Or sometimes, you know, mm-hmm. I'm like, all right, we don't need to judge them. You know, let's just allow them to be whoever they are. And then the other thing is, what was the other thing? I'm having a senior Negativity moment. maybe or something? Well, like when you feel like when you're seeing the whole, you know, when you're, whatever mood you're in, if you're seeing things, in, just because we've talked about this before, well, it's, it's a reflection of what's going on inside you. It's that and also um, it's uh, criticism. Mm-hmm. Like, and I'm talking about like confronting my own criticism of myself usually mm. like, oh, there I am like giving myself a hard time and I don't need to be doing that, mm. you know? Yeah. So what are our takeaways tonight? I think if we break it down to, I mean, first of all, um, when I think about people confronting me and how uncomfortable that is for to receive I think about the probably the nicest the the best way to go through that is just to really sit let yourself if you're going to get defensive we're only human Mm. sit with it try to breathe try to be quiet try to actively listen to the other person without you know letting your head get in the way so that you can receive what they're saying yeah right yeah and then when other people are when we're confronting other people finding our words yeah trying to get clear on what it is that our intention is yeah. Right. To express what outcome we're looking for. And just the exercise of expressing ourselves is so important. It doesn't matter so much how the other person reacts. We'd like them to take it well or at least be empathetic to what we're talking about. But the most important thing is that we express ourselves. So with that, this is the end of another episode of The Robin Cali Show. If you'd like a life coaching with me, you can go to robk.com. That's K-A-Y-E.com. <laughs> and if you'd like to look for us on social media, please find us on Twitter. Twitter, Facebook, the Robin Kelly Show.com. Thanks, Thanks, everybody. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. Take care, y'all. <laughs>